ticket. Guys, I'm so excited to tell you about an organization that's doing life-changing work. It's called Thistle Farms. They help women survivors of trafficking, prostitution, and addiction to help find healing, hope, and freedom. Now, this is a, an organization that I've heard about for years and heard incredible stories of lives changed because I live in Nashville where their headquarters are. The season of giving is coming up. Gifting is coming up, right? And if you're anything like me, you're starting to wonder what in the world you're going to get your wife, your mama, your kids, your in-laws, your kids' teachers, and the list goes on. Well, this is where Thistle Farms has us covered because they have gifts that anyone will love and that support an incredible mission. They employ women survivors to make beautiful candles, lotions, bath, and body products and gift sets, providing them with safe and meaningful employment in a loving community. I can get behind this, and I know you can too. For these women, Thistle Farms does not ask, what did you do? But instead, what happened to you? And says, come, heal, and work in a loving community. Women in their program are not only guaranteed a job, but they are also provided two years of housing, trauma therapy, and health care, all completely free. This is just amazing. You can learn about Thistle Farms, their mission, and their products at thistlefarms.org. They have created a special code, Matthew West, that's all one word, Matthew West, that will earn you 15% off your purchase so you can get all your shopping done. What are you waiting for? It's time to get intentional with your shopping. There's no greater gift than one that blesses both the recipient and the one who made it. Check out thistlefarms.org today. Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Matthew West Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew West. And as always, I really hope you like it. Just like the theme song says, I mean what I sing. Thank you for being here today. I got to tell you, I'm tired in the best kind of way. I'm tired because I'm having fun. I'm tired because I'm working hard. I'm tired because I'm on the road. Snowstorms in Fort Wayne, Indiana, actually. That noise was me lifting the window in the back of the tour bus so that I could see the snow coming down. It's like a high of 33 degrees today in Fort Wayne, Indiana. We're going to be playing a sold-out show tonight, having a great time. Ironically, we, we went through Michigan without any snow, had to come to Indiana to get hit with it. But it's beautiful, and uh, nothing's going to stop the people of Fort Wayne hopefully, from coming to the show tonight. If you've been to a show, I sure hope you've enjoyed an evening at the Story House. It's been unlike any concert I've, I've ever really put together before, uh, the attempt of trying to bring the Story House experience to the stage, and it's been so much fun. It was supposed to be an acoustic tour, and uh, part of the tour is. But then I started thinking, you know, who am I going to watch football with on the bus, you know? And I was like, I got to bring my band. So, so I squeezed my band onto the acoustic tour, and we're having a blast. It's been great. There's a few shows left. You can go to MatthewWest.com slash tour to find out where we're going to be. Um, I think a good majority of the rest of the shows, I think, are sold out. But if there are a few tickets left, uh, you can find out at MatthewWest.com. Also, I'm looking at the snow, and I'm getting excited for Christmas. All right? I'm not trying to skip past Thanksgiving. I posted a highly controversial picture of our Christmas tree already up. You guys shouldn't be surprised anymore. That's how I roll. That's how the West family rolls. We go hard Christmas time. And we go early because I'm on the road so much. You know, we want to soak up uh, as much of the season as possible. And speaking of soaking up as much of the season as possible, it's time to come home for Christmas. And by home, I mean Franklin, Tennessee. We're just about to have an amazing time and less than a month away, three weeks, December 2nd through the 4th, come home for Christmas. Uh, excited to have over 300 people joining me in Franklin, Tennessee for a weekend of festivities, uh, Christmas concerts, a bunch of surprises, special dinners together, uh, getting in the Christmas spirit. So uh, I think there's only a few tickets left. If you want to make a last minute trip or if you're looking for that perfect gift for somebody, I love to give my family the gift of time, like concert tickets or a destination thing. And this could be that for you. Lots of people are coming, celebrating special 
occasions, anniversaries, birthdays, or just an early Christmas gift. Come to Franklin, Tennessee. Come home for Christmas. All the information is at MatthewWest.com. So um, that's the update there. Last thing I'm going to tell you before we get into today's show, our ministry, Pop We, we're giving a gobble away this Thanksgiving. We're partnering with Samaritan's Purse. Now, Samaritan's Purse is an amazing ministry. They're always on the front lines, helping to reach the people in the most desperate situations. And so we knew they were on the front lines, and we wanted to partner as a ministry with Samaritan's Purse and uh, help raise some money to feed people, to give a gobble away, if you will. And so our goal is to raise $40,000. Last year, we raised $20,000 because of you and your generosity. And I uh, want to invite you to do that and give a one-time gift, help us reach that goal, and it's going to feel real good because you're helping to give a gobble away. Not just feeding yourself this Thanksgiving, but thinking about somebody else. Popwe.org, P-O-P-W-E.org is the website where you can find out all about that and also how to get plugged in to our ministry. Hey, sometimes I forget to tell you this, but do you need prayer? Are you going through a tough time? Do you want to know you're not alone? Do you need to be encouraged by somebody's testimony of God's faithfulness in their life? Do you want to receive a weekly email devotional that I write every single week? Did you even know that I did that? Well, if you'd like to, go to popweed.org today. All of that is at our ministry. Even if you want to share your story, you can do it there. But uh, be sure to give a gobble away. Join us in that cause. We're on our way to reaching that goal of 40000 Let's smash right through it and help some people and be about a cause greater than ourselves this Thanksgiving and this holiday season. All right, let's get into today's show. My guest today has 49 number one songs. He has written some of the biggest anthems in Christian music. He um, successfully navigated the era of wearing a mullet early in his career. And now now that's actually come back around. So he may, he may want to think about bringing that back, you know, looking at Morgan Wall and some of these people. But on a more serious note, he's had a profound impact on my music and my career. I was called into music. I was called into ministry attending one of his concerts, Champaign, Illinois, Assembly Hall Arena, seeing Stephen Curtis Chapman as a college student. I'll never forget it. And I'll always be grateful for his impact and his ministry. I know if you're listening today, there's a good chance you know at least one of his songs, uh, probably many more than that. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, his latest release, a powerful new album, what the inspiration came from, and how to silence the voice of the inner critic. Let's go to the story house. Are you kidding me? We're going to the story house right now with none other than Stephen Curtis Chapman. Okay, so... Normally, when I have a guest on, I ask the question, dear guest, on a scale of nine to 10, what's your level of excitement being on for being on my podcast? But today, I'm not asking you that question. I'm going to ask myself that question because on a scale of nine to 10, it is way past 11. This amp goes to 11. It goes to 11. <laughs> my level of excitement in having the great Stephen Curtis Chapman on the Matthew West podcast, it's uh, I'm, I'm kind of jumping out of my skin here, and I'm super excited to have you on the show. So and you never even knew that I was going to ask that question to myself, but I asked it, and I answered it, and I'm excited to have you. There we go. In thanks. the season of Thanksgiving, I am giving thanks for the chance to hang with you. Hey, thank you, brother. Well, I am equally honored, and if you had asked me, I would have said also, <laughs> my excitement goes to 11. Um <laughs> To get of course, to hang with. you're referencing Spinal Tap for those yes, who don't know. But <laughs> yes, every musician, every you're not even allowed in in the music business in Nashville if you have not, you know, had a sufficient viewing of the movie Spinal Tap. Not that we would ever endorse it, Matthew or I, myself. No. Yeah, so it, please don't run out and watch it quickly because. Uh, and I'm honestly, I'm not even sure I've ever watched the entire movie myself. But I know but, I'm trying to think now. Like, is it safe for the whole family? Because it's fr- no, I don't it's think. Not. No, it's not. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't. I, I, I've been told it's not. So don't. But but the reference is still perfect. Yeah, it, it does go to eleven. Um, there, there is one scene um, in Spinal Tap. It's like for those who don't know, it's this old school like what they like call a that? mockumentary. A, a mockumentary, yeah. and they they follow Rob this Reiner rock band. Did it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's all and, the great Christopher Guest and all these great, all it's, great, you know. yeah, hilarious. And they but there's one scene where they're trying like they're like they had their pep talk as a band, and then they get ready to go on stage, 
and the road manager like leads them in the wrong direction and they can't find the stage and they're <laughs> and they're just walking <laughs> through the back hallway of the hallways of the arena but sometimes like we have mo- and then they go rock and roll rock and roll, rock and, roll. And, then- <laughs> and, it's, and then they just keep wandering around backstage because <laughs> they can't get out on stage and they can hear the crowd cheering and i had that exact moment my Did first you? like wave of touring it was in my very first time out on the road 35 years ago, so I'm just going to jump in. I don't even know what your questions are. Matthew, I this love you. This is great. But I, I'll I just go ahead and just <laughs> tell you what I want to tell you. This is your show, dude. <laughs> I want to hear what you have to say. Let's go. But, but 35 years ago, I did a concert in St. Louis, Missouri. It was the first time I'd played in St. Louis. As you and I both know, amazing radio in St. Louis. They've been so kind to both yeah. of us over the yeah. years. But Joy to them. me, all those years ago, and I had done, I mean, at this point, I was playing, you know, the fellowship hall. Uh, or the youth room, you know, right. in most places. <laughs> right. And right. so I'd go in. So I walk in the, the sanctuary and it's like a big, you know, I don't know, 2,000 seat, 1,500, 2,000 seat, which is huge at that point. This was pre mega church movement and all that. And I was like, wow. And they were setting up a concert. And I, was, I said, man, is there, is there a concert in here tonight too? You know, who's playing in here? Because I'm thinking, I think I may have even <laughs> said out loud, like, is Sandy Patty playing here tonight? You know, because that's when it was. And yes. And they said, no, this is where your concert is. And I remember looking at my wife, Mary Beth, who was at the time my sound man, my merch person, <laughs> my tour manager. My, it was just me and Mary Beth. Yeah. And I looked at her and I said, okay, this is going to be kind of embarrassing because there's going to be like the front five pews and the rest of it's going to be empty. Yeah. <laughs> and so I go backstage, you know, she comes back halfway, like while I'm getting ready. And she says, we've already sold out of all of our, every t-shirt, every bit of merch. And what? she's like, and the concert haven't even started yet. <laughs> and, and of course, she's mad at me that we didn't bring more merch because that was the only thing we had at that point to make, you know, to get to us make to the money. next town. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I didn't know. And she's like, I know, but how's it? So this was the day when, you know, I had tracks. And my first song on my first album was called First Hand. And it started with this very, it was very Footloose inspired. Kind of had the dun 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 dun, and it starts with this big cool drum. And I'm thinking, dude, this is my moment. I think I'm gonna do a rock star entrance. And so I'm gonna let the music start. Track yes. starts. I'm gonna run out on stage with my guitar. <laughs> I'm back in the choir room, which walks up onto the stage. You know, the the typical thing where you know you open the door from the choir room onto the stage. I hear the, the drum start, you know, it's a full house. I'm like freaking out. Uh, and I go to grab the doorknob to run out on stage and the doors locked. So I'm literally <laughs> like, I hear the music going. And I'm like, and I'm banging on the door. And it's trying to get in. Trying to make my rock star entrance. I can't even get on stage. What happened? How'd you get in? I literally take off running down to the back of the church, like outside, running the back doors, still got my guitar on, and I come running down the center aisle of the church because I don't know how else to get on stage, and nobody (laughs) knows what's happening. And my wife is like, what is going going on? And so I run up on stage out of breath, jump in somewhere in the song, and I'm like, Sorry, the door was locked, um, but here I am now. Yeah, you know what we say to that? Rock and roll. Rock and roll. <laughs> That's exactly right. And actually, the, the people probably loved it that you were running down the aisle, and they had no idea that you were totally out of breath. Yeah, they That's thought, amazing. what a cool entrance, man. That was so cool. That would be a cool story if you're like, and that's the reason why every show begins with me running down the me aisle. running down the aisle. I probably should, but I I, I don't. I, I only did that the one time uh, oh, or maybe amazing. A, a couple of other times. But yeah, that so is anyway. a great story. One time I missed my intro to a show, but the reason is because the World Series was on and I was on the bus watching. It was uh, it was halftime of the show. It was like, a, yeah. you know, intermission. Okay. Right, right. And my team was playing. And I was like, I, I'm just going to sneak back while intermission's going. And I got wrapped up in the game. And nobody came to get me. And the band, <laughs> the band just assumed I was nearby. And they sure, started yeah. the show without me. No and was, way. And you're just... <laughs> 
<laughs> All of a sudden, the tour manager is like running. He's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm watching the game." They're like, "They've already started the show." They've been vamping for yeah. ten minutes. <laughs> it was like Johnny Cash and Walk the Line. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so to go from playing, you know, a church that you think is like, okay, this venue's way too big for me. To all these years later, you got kids dressing up as you for Halloween. <laughs> I mean, what, did, did you see that? <laughs> who was Hilarious. that kid? It was amazing. That's our next door neighbor. Uh, and they go to CP, the kids go to CPA, which is where <laughs> your kids and our kids have all gone to school yeah, together. Yeah. Christ Presbyterian Academy. Yeah. And he is just the biggest SEC fan, Come you know, on. a little guy. And, and so he's like, he wants to go as Stephen Curtis Chapman. For I Halloween. loved it. So funny. For those who don't know, you got to follow Steven on Instagram. Uh, what What's the handle on Instagram? Just at Stephen Curtis Chapman? You know, that's good. probably it's is. question. I think it's just Stephen Curtis Chapman. I mean, I Google check. it, folks. You can Sorry, find I don't know. But it's the most hilarious picture of this little kid. And if he says he's your biggest fan, I don't know how old he is or what the rules are on fighting a kid, but I'll fight that kid. Because <laughs> I may not have dressed up as you. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. The record shows. He, he, he. He went all in, you know. <laughs> he sure did. And um, so I'm so excited about, and first of all, congratulations on the release of this epic new record. And this is the first time in, I think, in my career that that I've been able to say that I am label mates with Stephen Curtis Chapman. I'm pretty sure because when I was starting out in music, I always saw this little bird at the bottom of your right. CDs yeah, because you were at Sparrow Records. And I remember thinking like, Oh, that would be awesome to be on that Sparrow Records. That's just it, it's something about it, right? Yeah. Oh, I know. I was that way as well. And how many records did you make on Sparrow? Oh gosh, twenty probably. Yeah, probably. I think I think it was about twenty. I think I signed there at one point, and then you had already gone on. But now we're both uh, part of Provident Label Group. Yeah. And that's what this newest release is. And this record is awesome. Have you had the chance to play the new songs live very much right now? Are you in the middle of tour right now, or are you taking some time off? I have not started a tour yet. Tour will be in the spring. I kind of made a decision. So this is, and you'll know what I mean by that. It's so hard to kind of not take way too much time explaining something that people kind of go, I don't really care. But when I say a new album, this is kind of the first real full album like the records of those 20 that I made at Sparrow that you referenced. Um, I've made a few albums in the last few years, a bluegrass record, which, yeah, you know, was one of my favorite amazing. records. Uh, and it got my dad on it and, you know, my brother and Ricky Skaggs. I mean, it was so fun. But it was a, that was kind of a side thing. And then I did a worship, sort of corporate worship album that was really, again, more geared to, there was a book that I was kind of partnering with uh, a friend of mine, Randy Frazee, our yeah, friend, uh, around that, follow up to the story that Max Lakato and Randy did. So that was kind of a side project. So it's been almost 10 years since The Glorious Unfolding, which would have been my last kind of real record when I say kind of all new music written from, you know, just life and what's been going on in my heart and the world around me and all of that, just like, you know, like all the albums I've done all these years. And so I thought, you know, that's a lot. And, it, and it's 35 years from the release of my first record, which is crazy. 1987 is when my first record came out. So I knew this year was going to be kind of a, a year of sort of milestones of, hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm celebrating 35 years from the first record. I'm going to release new music for the first time in nine, 10 years. I think I'd love to have the time to really focus on, you know, that record and getting it out and wait and tour in the spring. So I have, to answer your question, I've played several of the new songs live. I've been doing, the like I'll play the Opry, you know, quite a bit nowadays, which I love. I played it when I was 19. The first time I played the Opry was when I was a 19-year-old kid working at Opryland uh, back when we had the park. And so I've been doing a lot of that. So I've played the songs live there. I've done a few in concerts here and there. But as far as like playing, you know, a bunch of the new record, I haven't even really done that yet. I've heard different schools of thought on this as well. It's like, um, like Eric church, he, he'll put a record out long before he tours it and kind of let people just live with it. And then he goes out and tours it. And so it, it almost seems like that's kind of what this is going to be, where people are going to have a chance to like live with the record. You're going to be seeing audiences 
singing the words to the new songs because they've had a little bit of time to live with the new songs. Right. Guys, can we talk about kitchens for a second? I love my kitchen. It's my favorite room because I'm always hungry. All right. But here's my question for you. Do people see your kitchen and say, wow? If not, then you need to visit cabinetstogo.com to request their free custom 3D design and quote for a kitchen makeover that wows for a whole lot less than you'd think. Guys, it's not just what's in the cabinets. It's the cabinets themselves that matter, all right? The kitchen is the heart of the home, and according to real estate experts, upgrades to the kitchen is one of the best ways to add the most value and joy to your home. As seen on HGTV's Dream Home, cabinets2go.com is your one-stop renovation destination. I love seeing the before and after photos of how cabinets to go make a house like just take it to a whole new level it's inspiring to see and uh my wife's kind of trained my eye to see these things so hey visit cabinetstogo.com today and see why no one beats their prices or their transferable limited lifetime warranty right now get a full custom 3d design of your new kitchen it's super cool at cabinetstogo.com slash west that's a free custom 3d design of your new wow kitchen at cabinetstogo.com slash west. Guys, your business can't keep waiting for your dream hire to sweep you off your feet. How do you find them right now? Well, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. You don't have to spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. You find top talent fast. With Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Do you hate waiting? Well, Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. I am running a business. I'm running multiple businesses while I'm recording this podcast. And what I'm trying to say is I don't have time to wait. I've got to find the right people. And I need Indeed just as much as you need Indeed. All right. Here's the deal. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why when you sponsor a job, you only pay for quality applications from resumes in our database matching your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash West to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash West. Indeed.com slash West. Hey, in the minute I've been talking to you, 16 hires were made on Indeed according to Indeed data worldwide. So go to Indeed.com slash West. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application. Pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about is I read something that you wrote or talked about, about the inner critic, you know, the idea of, um, you know, do people want to hear new music? I mean, at a certain point, I think there's that struggle of like, you know, when we go do shows, there's certain songs that, you know, people want to hear. When I was reading this thing and Stephen Curtis is talking about the voice of an inner critic, I got so discouraged because I thought, I thought there would come a time where the voice of the inner critic gets <laughs> finally, silenced. <laughs> finally, shut up, you know, but it it doesn't. So after 49 number one songs, do you still hear a voice of an inner critic? And and what does that voice say to you sometimes that would keep you from creating the amazing songs that you write one after the other? Again, you will know this. You know, it's hard for us probably not to geek out and kind of just nerd out on on songwriting and all the things that we could talk about that you and I would speak a, a language that we would understand and right. others would be going, what are they even talking about? Ghost Rock and roll. Them? What is that? You know? <laughs> yeah. So we'll try to keep it, you know, where, because it, we want every, all of you to enjoy and understand what we're talking about, but it's a weird world that, you know, you live in when you do create and, you know, your, your life is so much connected to creating art and, art that is illuminated by your faith, you know, that is not art for art's sake alone, but it's art, you know, for the sake of kingdom building and, and communicating eternal truth that's way bigger than you, but you want to make great art that still is the, you know, the best that you can, can offer. I mean, it's just all of this stuff. And then, you know, you have the incredible blessing 
that you and I both share of having people love so much of what you have created and you have had success beyond anything you ever deserved or ever imagined to the point where, and I, I got to think you've even had some degree of this, Matthew, but where when you bring a new song you know, to the people who love your music and you say, hey, I want to play a new song. I mean, I've seen two or three con concerts recently where the, literally from stage, the artists have said, you know, it's a funny thing. New songs make people have to go to the bathroom. It's so weird. We don't understand what, what that oh, is. But it's, like a, it's like a physical yeah. reaction. You know, we're going to play a new song and everybody goes to the bathroom. I saw it happen. We went to the Doobie Brothers concert. And, and they that said, happened? And they said, hey, you know, they're playing the hit after hit after hit. And then they say, hey, we got some new, we got a new record. And it was like mass exodus. Everybody went to get, to, you know, to the bathroom, to the popcorn. And so yeah. my version is so often, you know, you play a new song for people. And they will say, man, that was good. Oh, gosh. But you know what? Mm. There's never going to be another fill in the blank. You're never going to write. Jeez. You're never going to top, you know, fill in the blank. I will be here. Cinderella, more to this life. Of course. You know, the great adventure, dive. Oh, man, the speechless record. Oh, gosh. Yeah. When I think of Stephen Curtis Chapman, all I want to hear is <laughs> that record. And, and they mean well. Like, yeah. they're what they're yes. telling you is – Steven, your music's been a soundtrack to my life, but yeah, but but the but the <laughs> hidden subtext is so you didn't really need to bother writing any more wow. new music because I don't really need that. I just need you to sing that song that means so much to me. And it's such a weird thing because then you're like, wow, what a gift and what a what a blessing. And yet, am I wasting their time, my time, you know, to write wow. these new songs? You know, which you know you're not, but you can't. That's that's the insecure artist, oh, at least in me, that says maybe they don't care, and not in a bad, awful, you know, way, but just they don't really not interested. You know, I mean, I have a friend who is the biggest U2 fan in the world. He tells me I'm the number one biggest U2 fan, not a bigger one in the world, and I don't really care if they ever make another record wow. because when I say I'm a U2 fan, I'm a I'm a fan of all that music that means. My high school, my college days, right. Joshua Tree, those records defined what yeah. great music Soundtrack was to, to me. my life, yeah. But if I want new music, I'd rather listen to whatever the new, you know, something newer. And, and so that's the inner critic that then says it's that. And then the other thing that was really weird, we're just getting true confession. No, I love here, hearing this because... This is therapy for me. It may be very discouraging and hopefully <laughs> encouraging in some way, too. There was honestly, and my, my sons can tell you, Caleb and Will, who are some of my favorite musicians who ended up helping me uh, actually produce some of the songs yeah, on this record yeah. from the band Colony House. But they could tell you, my wife could tell you, my manager. I literally had several moments, hours sitting in this very room. I'm in my studio here in Franklin. And I had a lot of moments where I thought, I'm not sure I know how to write songs anymore. Wow. And how did that happen? Like, was it all a fluke? Did I just wow. sort of get, catch a wave like for 35 years, a really big, yeah. long wave, you know? <laughs> and, and, I, and I had this kind of ability to put words to music that, and put truth in it. I mean, I would go back and listen to songs of my own and go, well, no wonder people say, man, just sing for the sake of the call. Gosh, that wow. song, that the theology, the da-da. And I'm kind of going, yeah, I don't even know how I did that, even though I know it. And I've always been the first to say, and you say the same thing. It's I know it wasn't me that did it. It's God giving me a gift, and it's right. flowing through truth through me. But, yeah, I do the work that I can do to try to steward that well, craft it well, all that stuff that matters. But literally moments of going, and I've had writer's block and all that kind sure, of stuff sure. that, that any of us do have that do creative stuff. But I mean, to the point where I'm like, maybe these are not even, not even good songs. And I'm not, I'm not sure. I feel like I've lost perspective, you know, and some of that is life and grief and stuff we've been through, our family sure, and the loss sure. of our daughter and trauma does stuff to your brain and does stuff to you. So you, you lose just some, even uh, a sense of, do I even know what I'm doing here? And and yet, did I ever really know what I was doing? And, and it was Ooh. just kind of God using me. And maybe it was crazy. And 
But somewhere in the process of it, just to kind of jump forward, I really did the same thing that I've done from the very beginning, which is probably why the album ended up being called Still and the mm-hmm. song Still. I think I just, and these will sound like weird, weird words, but I think you will know what I'm talking about. I kind of finally gave myself permission to just write whatever was going on in here and just say, you know what? I don't know. Is it, does that sound like a Stephen Curtis Chapman song? Does that have enough theology in it? Does that have enough scripture in it? Does that do, am I saying, does it sound spiritual? And does it sound, you know, and just say, you know what? I've been through so much. We've all been through so much these last, the, the pandemic, the craziness, the racial, the political, the tension, the personally, what scabs it scraped off of the grief and the loss for me and my yeah. family, losing yeah. a brother-in-law to brain tumors in like five months. He gets diagnosed. He passes away. A, a keyboard player, dear mm-hmm. friend for many years, Brian Green, passes yes. away from new COVID. Brian. And so all that stuff is stirring in me. And I finally just said, you know what? I'm just going to sit down with my guitar and my piano. I'm going to try to silence all those voices, all the insecurity, all the, is it good enough? Is it what people expect from Stephen Curtis Chapman 35 years later? Bro, it better be awesome because you've waited this long. It better be the best stuff you've ever done. And it's like, I don't know if it is. How do I even know? So I just got to shut all those voices out by God's grace and just try to write from here, whatever's going on here from the deepest part of my heart and do that. And so once I kind of gave myself permission to do that and started getting into just that space, that's where this record really came from. Well, I mean, you answered my question because I was curious how one goes about landing on the title of the album, because a lot of times it feels like to me, like the title of the album is the is that sort of I'm making an arc with my hand, like thinking of an umbrella, like this yeah. sort of that umbrella statement where not not every song is connected. But in some ways, I think and I know <clears throat> I've listened, you know, after listening to all of your records that you make, like you're very mindful and intentional with which songs go on the record and why. And and I geek out over that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? So I know that when you're making a project, you're not just going I want to put the best, you know, I'm just going to put a bunch of songs on here. It's like, no, these songs all are in their slots for for a reason. And then there's that umbrella statement of still. First of all, I just have to say, like, the how honestly you just shared about the voice of the inner critic about like that is something that like whether you're in music or not, like you were saying, hey, we want this to be something that's enjoyable, not just for music people like you and me. But yeah. man, who cannot? Who out there can't identify with the fact of that we all have that voice of an inner critic? Whatever it is that we're chasing after in life or whatever it is we're pursuing, or even if it's just a matter of between the battle between guilt and grace, you know what I mean? That inner critic that says, you know, God's given up on I mean, like what you just said and the honesty with which you shared it will preach far beyond just the topic of music, let alone preaching to me of just like it's that people might not realize the mental and spiritual battle that goes into picking up a guitar it sounds it looks romanticized and poetic and flowery and oh it's just you know what i mean like i think the outside perspective but what you said about all this is so important too because in christian music we're not just trying to create some cool piece of music that you know people can that they can slap on a commercial or something like like you're talking about theology, you're talking about, you know, matters of the heart and from the deepest parts of your heart. And so there's going to be a battle that rages. And the, and I love what you've shared because I don't even know why, but I thought when I was coming into this interview with you, I was like, man, I could travel back and we could talk about so many parts of Stephen's story that a lot of people are already aware of, or I could travel back and talk about, you know, older records and things like that. But I really wanted this talk and of course, I'm. We'll do this again, hopefully. Yeah. But I wanted to focus on the new because I think I relate to what you've shared on a lot of levels too. Of just like, here's the beauty of like, I guess for lack of a better term, I always think about my second act, and sometimes I think about it too much while I'm still not in my second act. Yeah, but like, right. we think about these like our lives. It's like, man, as creators, as people, like we're growing, we're going spiritually. Hopefully, we're we don't lose the ability to say what God wants us to say. God has more for us to communicate to the world. And this record that you've put out, hopefully silences your inner critic, at least until the next time you pick up the guitar, <laughs> yeah. because yeah. gosh, man, it's so clear to me. It's like, 
who better to deliver a message to a hurting world right now than somebody who's been through the fire like you have and who's also put in not just 10,000 hours, but 20, 30, 40,000 hours crafting a song, mastering the craft of writing. And it comes through in this record loud and clear song for song. So just hear it from hear one voice of a fan and like someone who's looked up to you for a long time that that inner critic can just shut up for a while because <laughs> yeah. uh, your voice is needed now more than ever. And your songs are as well. Okay. So can I ask you this question? Speaking of the new album then, all right, there's songs that go on the radio, right? Yeah. And then there's, uh, in fact, when you came on for the interview, I was, uh, I was listening, I think to track nine or something like that. Cause I like to go like, I want to listen to the whole record. Right. And I feel like we are living in a world right now where, you know, Sometimes people are going to find one song and they're not going to hear the whole album. And that breaks my heart. Does that yeah. break your heart oh, as much? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Big time. Yeah. So, okay. So tell the everybody watching this right now or listening to this, I should say, which is my mom and my dad. So we have two yeah. listeners today. <laughs> if there was one song, and I know this is probably not even a fair question, yeah. but just like if there's one song beyond the song that people will hear on the radio and they're, they go on Spotify, they go on Pandora, they go on Apple, whatever it is, how they listen, like do not skip this one. And it can be for whatever personal reason or whatever. Is there one that comes to mind off of the still record? There are a bunch that come to mind and it's, it is so hard. <laughs> then like, give me more than one. one. If you no, give me one, more. Tell me all the things. Let me start here because it will be one that, in fact, I've had several people um, mention that, man, I'm so glad Michael, actually Michael W the other night, just out of nowhere texted me uh, and said, bro, Living Color, you know how Michael is, oh. like, bro, with a bunch of O's, you know, bro, <laughs> Living Color is like my whole family and I are listening, and we're just blown away by that song. Uh, it's a story of my best friend in seventh grade. We played marching in the marching band, Heath Middle School Pirate Marching Band, and we got to go to Disney World and march at the uh, Disney Parade, and it was my first trip to uh, Disney. It was my first trip ever really out of Paducah. Uh, on a you know we rode a bus all the way to Orlando we had to raise our money to go so I just tell that story but my best friend was a uh, uh, guy played drums snare drum beside me Carlton Bell he was black with all that started happening in our world in these last few years especially racial division and all and just wanting to respond it's in some way wrestling with it like we do like I do you know through music that's how I process my own you know, ponderings and wrestlings and all that's going on and looking at the world and trying to respond in a responsible way. So I wrote the song, uh, really just telling the story about my, my best friend, um, and, and got really honest because, you know, as, as you know, I mean, we walk such a fine line, especially now when you say something and speak something, you know, is it going to be received in the way you even mean it right now? Or is it going to do more harm than good because you're trying to do good, but without even meaning to, you offended someone or you said it wrong. And so I was like, so scared to even do it. And I say it even in the lyrics, I'm scared to even write and sing this song because I don't want to say the wrong thing. So Jeez. that's that's one that really was, was very powerful. Can I read a lyric from it? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The chorus, and his skin was dark and my skin was light. But all we saw was a friend in each other's eyes, and our blood ran red in both our hearts, and we were looking at the world in living color. Come on, man. That's that's professional, not only professional songwriting, but powerful storytelling. That one's a special one. That one's really special, obviously, for very personal reasons. And that was one, honestly, I had to give my, myself permission to write. And then I played it for a bunch of people, friends, family, friends that are black, and said, can I even record this song? Am I stupid to even put this on a record? Because I don't want to, you know. Anyway, so that one's got a lot of. And I take it their response was no, it must was, be oh, said. Oh, you got it. You got it. Yeah. yeah, you got to do this. So the songs that you know you've been the most vulnerable on, not to say that, oh, well, this song I wasn't very vulnerable in writing. I mean, to write any song is to be putting yourself out there. But, you know, I can point to certain songs where I'm like, wow, like I'm actually scared to say what I just said. Yeah. Do you find that sometimes those are the songs that then wind up resonating the deepest with listeners too? Like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Isn't that interesting? People just, yeah, like, man, I, I, I felt like you, you were really just being honest, and and that invited me to be more honest with myself, and invited me to be, yeah, oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. 
All right, this holiday season, we want to highlight one of our partners, Crew. People all around the world are hungry for God's Word, but many of them only dream of having their own copy of the Bible. Some can't afford to own one, while in other countries, people are not even allowed to have one. Honestly, sometimes we forget that there are people, lots of people, all around the world who simply can't get a Bible. These are things we take for granted. My life has been changed by Jesus Christ. And sharing that with others is one of the greatest gifts to give this holiday season. And that's why we are thrilled to partner with Crew. Crew is one of the largest evangelical organizations with over 25,000 missionaries in almost every country. Crew is giving Bibles around the world to people in their own heart language and sharing the hope of Jesus to the masses. Here's where they need your help. For only $21 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $21, as a thank you, Crew will provide meals to five hungry families through their humanitarian aid ministry. And you're going to receive a free copy of my new book, The God Who Stays. I'm telling you, this is an awesome cause and something that we want to support here at the Matthew West Podcast. I can't encourage you enough to do that as well. So simply text STAYS, S-T-A-Y-S, to 71326 to help today. Imagine just how much this gift could change someone's life. So text STAYS to 71326. That's S-T-A-Y-S to 71326 to help now or visit give.crew.org slash Matthew West. The offer is available to U.S. residents only. Let's put some Bibles in people's hands. Let's make a difference by sharing the gospel, literally. Check out Crew today. song called Love Now is one. Okay, good. I'm glad you're going to another one because I was going to say, <laughs> I felt bad for asking you to pick no, one. No, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, Love Now, we, uh, I mentioned my, my, uh, my wife's brother. She has one sister. Jeannie lives in Ohio. Her husband, Barry, salt of the earth, amazing guy. Drove a backhoe for the gas company for 30 years. Retired just a couple of years ago. Came to faith at, uh, as a young adult when he married uh, Mary Beth's sister. So didn't grow up in the church, had just this simple but very sincere, deep faith, and didn't really say much, but when he opened his mouth, he knew it was going to be something kind, and it was going to be something meaningful. And I just loved hanging around him. During the pandemic, um, it was a couple of years ago, started slurring his speech, and within five months, uh, he passed away from five cancerous brain tumors. And just, and just one of those where I'd never walked with someone as closely, who knew that God could heal him and believed he could, but also had a real sense that it probably wasn't going to, and had to wrestle with and grapple with, I'm leaving my wife, my grandson, I wanted to spend my, my life with my grandson. I mean, it was just so brutal and so painful. And to watch him just, you know, decline physically um, to where he couldn't speak, um, to where he couldn't walk, and yet he's 62 years old, and, and, and then uh, for him to, you know, pass, uh, so quickly. And while I was writing so much of this record, I kept going back to the guys I was working with producers, guys. I, I, I did some co-writing and writing with guys that I hadn't worked with before, um, just in an attempt to kind of grow and learn and e explore some new things. And I would go back over and over again and say, guys, I just, as we're writing this song, I sat down last night and I tried to sing this song sitting across from my brother-in-law and I, I couldn't do it. I got to rewrite some things because if it can't stand up looking in the eyes of my brother-in-law who's staring at his death yet holding on the hope, then, then it just, it's not true enough, you know? And that was a heavy, heavy thing to carry through this, but I was so, I wanted to just steward that season in the right way. And so we went and buried, Barry uh, in Ohio went to celebrate his life, and I sang at his memorial service. And did you, you wrote "Scars in Heaven" with Mark, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah we sang. I, I sang that. You did at, "Scars in Heaven" at his funeral. Yeah, "Scars in Heaven." I think I even, if I didn't text you, I meant to text you after that. I know I did, Mark, and say thank you for that song because it it really ministered to wow. to my sister uh, in law and the family. But two things that happened, you know, 
after his funeral, one after another, his buddies that he worked with just stood up and over and over again. And I, I can't tell it without getting emotional. He, they just stood up and said, Barry was just, he was the kindest man I knew. He was just, it was his kindness. So after that, the service, Mary Beth posted some pictures on Instagram and she said a few things about him. And then she put at the end of it, hashtag love now. And I read it and I looked at her and I said, is that like something you picked up from somewhere or, or what? And she said, no, it just seems like listening to that and being reminded how important it is that wow. we love right now. And I said, well, number one, uh, <laughs> you just became a co-writer of a song on my new album. Yes. I haven't written it yet, but it's going to be called Love oh, Now. Oh, that's awesome. You know, and the lyric again, I just, you know. Can I, I, I read some the, of it? The, yeah, the lyric, the verse, you can read it right there. Oh, the says, verse is, I mean... Let me just read first. Uh, he said, this just might be the last time I see you on this side of heaven's door. We said, there's no way it's true. We're all praying for you. You've got at least another 30 years more. God answered our prayers for his healing, just not in the way we had hoped. Dang. And we're reminded again, only the father knows when he's going to call his children home. So we'll anchor our hearts to the promise of all and we'll see beyond these tears. And we'll listen close for what this moment will tell us while we're still here. Chorus, love now. Don't wait till the clock runs out. All you've got is today. Right here. Right where you are. Love fierce. Love brave. Love first. Don't wait. Love now. My, that is true enough as you ask the question. And this is why, oh, this is awesome, Stephen, because it's like, that's the thing. You For 35 years, you've been it's not a mystery. Like you've been writing songs and then asking yourself, is this true enough? Like, what do I need to do to strengthen this? How do, how can I communicate hope and love and God's grace as clearly as possible? And then the music uh, comes along with it. I mean, that music just pours out of you, but gosh, these are powerful songs. And I know everybody's going to be going and, and listening from top to bottom of this new album still and uh, it's just powerful, man. I thank you for unpacking some of those songs with me. If you were a surfer, you'd be the the first surfer to ever ride a thirty five year wave. <laughs> but there's there's no surprise yes, that's why. <laughs> just hear, but just hearing how you think, and hearing how you like, just you're communicating. Like your heart comes out in your communication, so it doesn't surprise me why it comes out in your songs too. So I'm just so thankful for the chance to hear about this record and. And I'm 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 thankful for you, man. This is this has been so special. Thank you, buddy. Well, you know I love you. Our our friendship has meant so much to me. Uh, other than the fact that we we never were able to get the skillet liquors off the ground, I still think that's a great idea. And uh, maybe one of these days that will happen. We will release our Cracker Barrel menu album. Uh, I still think it's a brilliant idea. Yeah. To the listeners, uh, Stephen and I once dreamed up the idea of a make-believe band called the skillet lickers and every song would be inspired by the cracker barrel menu so uh what <laughs> we had we one we're both big fans yes what do we write uh uncle herschel's uncle favorite herschel's, yeah <laughs> favorite one? Uh, a rocking chair for sale was rocking chair for sale was a great one uh yes and we had um now i'm crying in my uncle herschel's favorite yeah tears, tears rolling down on my uh, on, on you my, remember the lyrics tears rolling down on my potato casserole yeah 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 oh boy is it safe to say that there are some instances where the voice of the inner critic should be listened to (laughs) and and maybe we maybe we dodged a bullet there (laughs) yes yeah there are there are very much moments when the voice of the inner critic turns out to be the holy spirit (laughs) yeah saying do abort mission do not do not make the skin pull up pull up (laughs) Well, I'm, hey, who knows? There's a season for everything. Maybe one of these days you and I will be on a Thanksgiving float with Cracker Barrel yes. as the skillet liquors. And, I uh, still think that needs to. Maybe yeah. that's our second act. You know, while we're talking about the second there act. That's right. There it is. Oh, hey, Stephen, I love that we got to just focus in on this new album. Obviously, there's so many things that we could talk about, but um, I've just been a fan of your music for so long. Anybody who listens to my music can thank Stephen Curtis Chapman in part for his contribution and his influence in my life and a big part of my testimony. You know, most nights when I'm on stage, 
I'll share the story of being in the cheap seats at Assembly Hall Arena in Champaign, Illinois, uh, as a college student, uh, seeing Stephen Curtis Chapman on tour. I remember you had a sore throat that night. Wow. I don't know why I remember the little things, but you had a you had a cough drop in your mouth during oh, yeah. the show. <laughs> yeah. And you told the crowd that. And I remember thinking like, oh, that's so cool. Like he's letting us in on and you and now knowing what I know, like when I have a sore throat on stage, I'm riddled with anxiety that I'm going to like suck, you know. Yeah, exactly. And so you yeah. might have been up on stage going, oh, this is going to be a terrible show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> meanwhile, like, go ahead and tell <laughs> meanwhile, 15,000 people in the crowd are going, oh, he still comes out here and sings like we were all rooting for you. you yeah, know? I know. Yeah. But uh, that was a powerful night where I felt God call me in a ministry and to tell people about his love through the songs he was going to inspire me to write. And I remember I told you that story and apparently I had told you that story more times than I knew that I had told you. It was just like a a reflex when I would see you, I would yeah. want to tell you. And I think at one point <laughs> you're like, time. you're like, uh, yeah, man, you, you've told me that before. Like, I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I love it every time. It's good every time. Well, if you're looking for a Halloween costume next year, you can join me and the four-year-old boy uh, as we're going to dress up as Stephen Curtis, but uh, you can find his album still everywhere. Uh, you're going to be on tour in the spring of 2023. I'm sure Tickets are already on sale. If you haven't seen Steven in concert, it is incredible. Your musicianship, not just your songwriting, your performing. And uh, but when you pick up a guitar and play, it's like, oh, he's a legit, like serious guitarist, which is something I've always I pick up a guitar like a like a, a monkey in a in a laboratory <laughs> who's like looking at it and what shaking it and go, what does this do? <laughs> not true. <laughs> Not entirely true. I've seen you. Play. Yeah, I don't even call my chords by their names. I'm like, this is the bear claw. Um, this is the. <laughs> this is prearthritis. <laughs> so my chord changes are bear claw, prearthritis. You know, yeah. BC bear claw. That's all I got. It's like one to four. No, it's bear claw. It's, it's a crow foot. I wish you and your family a happy Thanksgiving and uh, just a Merry Christmas. And thank you for blessing me by being on the Matthew West podcast. Let's do this again soon. I would love it. Bless you, my friend. Hey, now it's time for songs from the story house. Today's song from the story house. You're going to understand why I wanted to focus on this one. I was going to focus on one of Stevens, but I forgot to ask him for permission. So just go listen to his album a thousand times and then a thousand times more. But for today's song from the story house, you're going to hear a song that I wrote about Stephen, with Stephen. It's on the uh, all-in record. It's called The Sound of a Life Changing. And it was my way of telling my story of how I got called into music ministry and why I do what I do. And uh, I think you're going to get a kick out of it if you haven't heard it already. So here we go. Today's song from the Story House, uh, inspired by Stephen Curtis Chapman. And as I uh, wrote this song and as I listened to it again, I'm reminded just of God's faithfulness, guys. Like when God calls you to something and you choose to step into his plan for your life and laying your own plans down, uh, that's when life gets good. So we all have soundtracks of our lives, right? And uh, I don't know, maybe one of my songs is a soundtrack to yours, but music's had a profound impact on my life and Stephen Curtis's has. So, you know, when I think of like, what does a life-changing sound like? Uh, I point to different songs and I point to Stephen Curtis among others. So check it out. Here we go. I heard it all from the cheap seats Assembly Hall Arena, Champaign, Illinois Just a poor college boy making noise Writing my first songs Stephen Curtis up on stage Singing speechless, left me speechless and amazed Tears rolling down my face I heard a still small voice say That's gonna be you someday Telling the world about amazing grace Telling the world about a God who saves Something inside me came alive that day I've never been the same
I'm looking at me, singing child of the one true king. And when I hear you sing, I can't help but think, could this be your defining moment? The moment you decide to cross that line and leave the past behind, yeah. I'm no Billy Graham, but I come as I am, and you know, you know that you can too. I'm telling the world about amazing grace, telling the world about a God who saves. Does anybody want to feel alive today? Touching the floor, it's an I don't want to live this way anymore. The sound of a first time whispered prayer, it's a Jesus, I just need you here. The sound of a nail through the hands of grace, the sound of a song being rolled away, the sound ringing out from an empty grave. Well, he's my dad, and he gives good advice, and that's why this segment is called Dad Vice. Let's hear his theme song. He is my dad, and he gives good advice, and that's why this segment is called Dad Vice. Dad, welcome to the mobile recording studio in the back of the tour bus. We're on tour uh, an evening at the Story House, traveling across the country. It's a snowstorm in Indiana today. But we're back here. Nothing's going to stop us. That's right. Not uh, rain, nor sleet, <laughs> nor snow, nor hail will stop us from uh, bringing the podcast to the people. That's right. That's Close right. us out today with some dad advice. Obviously, the song Me On Your Mind was uh, just a real central theme for the past several months on the radio with our song. Um, and so we've been talking about these different ways that God has us on his mind. And yes. I love that reminder. I think so many times we don't think we're worthy to be thought of by God. But like the psalm says, who is man that you are mindful of him? And we can live in that amazement that he's thinking of you. That's right. uh, what do you got for us today? Well, I want to talk about leaving our past behind. Uh, Matthew, as you know, I've pastored for over 38 years and then have been the band and tour pastor for the last 10 years. And one common struggle that I find with so many people that come to talk to me and ask for prayer is their past. And uh, it weighs on their mind. The good news today is that our past is never on God's mind. And I, I just wanted us to consider four things that God has done with our past sins, our failures, and everything that haunts us from our past. One, he throws them behind his back. Isaiah 38, 7, you have put all my sins behind you, meaning that they are not on in his sight. They are behind him. So remember that your past sins are behind you. Two, he drowns them. Micah 7, 8, he hurls them into the sea. Three, he washes them away. Hebrews 10, 12, our sins are washed away and we are made clean because Christ gave his body and for he forgets them hebrews 8 12 for i will forgive your sins and i will remember them no more god's words the secret when our past weighs on our mind the fact is that jesus takes care of our past so my dad advice today is stop allowing the enemy of our souls to keep reminding us of our past sins and mistakes if we remember one thing, let it be that God has forgiven our sins and he can't remember one of them. That's Let's awesome. become forgetters. Well, of all the things that we have to be thankful for this Thanksgiving season, I can think of 
no greater reason than what you just shared. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Matthew. That's our show for today. Thank you for joining me. Thanks to Stephen Curtis Chapman for joining me. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. I know I sure did. Be sure to check out his latest album. If you missed Lisa Turkhurst's interview last week, don't miss that. Go back and listen here. Of course, we're coming at you every week with a new episode of the podcast. And um, thank you so much. Thanks. I've met so many people on the road, and they've come up to me. And usually it's talking about music, but so many more people are now saying, hey, love the podcast. I'm like, wow, okay. Well, here we go. That really means a lot to me. Reminder to give a gobble away. Go to popwe.org today. We've also got some new Gobble Gobble merch up at the store. If you're looking for some Christmas gifts for people, we've got a way that you can uh, pre-order my new double album that's coming out in February. Get an autographed copy. Lots of good stuff going on at MatthewWest.com. I love you all. Thank you for listening. Go make the most of today. Don't take it for granted. We get one shot, and nobody wants to waste it. Run your race well. Run it with perseverance, and remember, it's your story for his glory. See you next week. Seriously, I, I, I do. <laughs>